Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome. You are listening to Your Life Now Radio Show. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for being here. Whether you're listening to the show live or archived, I do appreciate each one of you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, I am so pleased and so grateful for each one of you guys for listening to the show live, archived, for supporting the show and downloading the show on iTunes, the Stitcher app, and of course right here on Block Talk Radio. Much love to all. First, I'd like to set my intention as always. My intention of hosting this show is to inspire transformation and positive changes. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's really all up to you. So all I ask of you here on the show is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? Just a quick intro, I am the founder and a CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life coaching, leadership coaching, and training company. We also produce promotional products for our guests and our clients. So thank you guys for supporting and sponsoring ad here on the show. Remember, you can always sponsor an ad here on the show. And for more information, contact us at www.yourlifenow.info. Again, that's yourlifenow.info. Here on the show, we have a lot of different guests. They are experts in their field. They come in and they share a lot of helpful tips and suggestions with you guys. Some of the areas that we cover here on the show are as follow but not limited to our personal and professional growth, money, finances, career, spirituality, health and fitness, and of course, overall, the quality of life. My intention this year is to bring you guys some of the best of the best here on the show so they can share some helpful tips with you guys and some great suggestion to help you live the life that you desire. I just wanted to put this disclaimer out. This show is really intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. Of course, I am professional and expert in my field and so are my guests. So you are welcome to contact me for further information or my guests directly from the information I provide on the show page. So all I ask of you is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? We are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will dig right into our great show for you guys today. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for being here. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments.
Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you again for being here, whether you're listening live or archived. Today, my guest, it's, uh, we're really trying to focus on our kids and our, on the teens and, and see if we can help them um, achieve their full potential. I, I know stress is something that we think only adults deal with, but um, when I've uh, done some public speaking in, 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 uh, in the local high school, I, uh, some of the common things that, that most of these kids share was the fact that they feel under stress. And we know stress could be a big, big uh, um, problem, and, uh, you know, stress can lead, you know, many people to do things that they, they don't really want to do, and they could do horrible things like, you know, bullying another kid. They can, can go from, you know, uh, stress at home or stress with friends or overload at school. There's a variety of different stress that, you know, some of these teens are, are dealing with. And, of course, you know, one of the issues that we're going to be discussing on the show as well is the, the, the peer pressure issue. And uh, with, with that being said, you know, today I invited a guest. You know, when you are listening to the show, um, you know, it will be recorded, pre-recorded, because my guest could not make the live show at 2 o'clock. So I will have the chat room open, so you're welcome to put your common questions in there. So I will be live on the air during the broadcast of this show, you know, so I can, I can take your questions and see if I can help you on the air. Uh, but my guest today is Dr. James Porter. And, and uh, you know, just to give you a little background on Dr. Porter, Dr. Porter had received his master and doctor uh, degree in psychology from Rutgers University uh, from the state of New Jersey. Dr. Porter worked as a professional school psychologist for over six years. He also worked in the alternative education setting with underprivileged and emotionally disturbed adolescents and young adults. His primary areas of specialization are working with students with disability, learning disability, or any general disability in the school setting, and providing therapy to adults, uh, adolescents and young adults with variety of emotional disorder. Dr. Porter did extensive research in the field of trauma and its, in, and its impact on the uh, adolescents. So it's really it's my uh, pleasure to have him uh, come in and join us today, and uh, you know, and uh, Dr. Porter, thank you so much for being here, my friend. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. I appreciate you know accepting my invitation. I know before you um, you signed in um, to the show, I um, kind of give a little background on on uh, on yourself and some of the work that you have done. And I know I was trying to explain before you you came on, uh, you know, the reason for doing the show. And I, I, I know there's a lot of different um, challenges uh, our kids, you know, in high schools go through. And uh, we really need to see, you know, how we can try to bring some awareness to the service on both the students' level and also the parents, you know, so they can be aware of what's going on and how we can help. Uh, these kids, you know, move into the future and become, you know, after all, they are our future, right? So, sure, sure. If we can help them. So let me let me start by asking you, you know, if you were to name the most or the top three issues that you notice as a school psychologist 
that our students are facing today, um, and, and 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 why do you think that? So we'll just start with like number one. What do you think the the number one issue? Uh, three issues. Um, well, I would say peer pressure is probably number one because we look at um, teenagers and developmentally they're reaching a stage where they want to break free and be independent so they start to turn towards their friends um, for inspiration and for um, you know emotional support and they start thinking about uh, you know things that their influence brings to their life um, and it could be simple something as simple as music or something you know a hobby uh, but then, you know, the other side of it is that it can bring a lot of negative uh, peer pressure in terms of using substances, um, getting too heavily involved in social media and all the problems that that can uh, bring into a teenager's life. Um, and, and you start to see that influence, you know, sometimes taking kids that were normally uh, developing in a very average and predictable way and taking them into a negative space. Um, where they don't do as well in school and they don't respond to their parents' uh, direction. And it makes it a lot harder, you know, to steer them back into, um, you know, a positive future. So with with all that being said, you know, I'm in, I'm in the social, I mean, in the, in, the, in the personal development, personal growth business, so uh, would not need to start from home first. I mean, I know peer pressure is a, it's a huge influence on any anybody. could be, you know, whether you high school student or whether you're a young adult or anybody who really get influenced by others, um, negative, you know, their negative uh, um, uh, social behaviors, whatever it is. But isn't it important also for the parents to kind of really kind of start strengthening these kids so that peer pressure would not even almost diminish when it comes to peer pressure? I mean, you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be important for the for the parents as well to be involved a little bit more? Yes, definitely. And I think that, you know, a very strong foundation throughout childhood uh, with a positive relationship between one or both parents uh, can only... Dr. Porter, can you, know, you uh, don't sound too clear. Are you on the speaker? Oh, no, I'm actually uh, on a headset. Let me take that off. Yeah, take, yeah because you sound too uh, too far. Is that any better? You. Okay. Let me hear you now. Is that any better? <laughs> No, it's still it's still I kind of echoey a little bit. Um, oh, okay. Um, I may have to change location. Oh, here you are. You're back. You're back. You're good. You're good right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're good right now. Okay. So okay, so we're talking about you know also starts with the parents. So you were saying something to the fact. Yeah, I mean I think that you know the relationship between parents and kids throughout childhood has a very big protective influence later on um, during adolescence. So if the communication lines are open and there's a significant level of respect between parents and and their children um, and there's, you know, kind of a a sensitivity to um, growing up and allowing kids to kind of become independent while still guiding them, you know, I think all those factors really help kids take a positive direction in life. Um, And I do think that the more I hear about issues in the school and and things that have not gone well, I do map a certain number of those incidents to negative 
um, relationships between parents and children. At the same time, I do think that there's a struggle that takes place in, with a lot of teenagers where, like I had mentioned before, where they're trying to break away from their parents, and so there's this, this feeling from parents that they're not really sure how involved to be or how much influence they can still have. And I think kind of speaking to your point, you know, you really want to have as much influence as possible for as long as possible because parents are going to be the um, the leaders, let's say, in in letting children know that the decisions that they make can actually lead to harm later on in life. Right. Well, you know, I mean, in my leadership work that I do as as a leadership coach, you know, leader creates leaders. You know, not necessarily mm-hmm. just a follower for no reason. And the generation gap between, you know, us, the parents, and 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 uh, the kids, you know, it comes with a lot of wisdom. It comes with a lot of, you know, things that we have been through. And if the parents actually, I mean, I, I'm not a psychologist, and, and please, you know, interrupt me at any moment to, to correct me. You know, I think it, it, if we can try to differentiate between, you know, because some of us think if we become friends with our kids, you know, we have a better relationship. I don't think it's about that because you're never going to be your 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 kid's friend because there's the age right. difference, right? And I think, right. oh, you know, trying to live through our kids, you know, as we haven't done it ourselves and we want to see it happen through our kids, that creates the, the, your personality in them and that's not them. So their individuality doesn't even exist. So creating, you know, what you know as wisdom as far as like the age difference between us as a parents and our kids you know, and have them use that as a tool, and so they can they know they can they can they can go any time to use that tool and and give them that um, that uh, freedom to choose. You know, and and knowing you know, so they can decide. Oh, okay, so if I have that situation, this is what I can apply it. Um, but you know, what can we give these parents some of these advices so they can you know um, start from home, build the build that strong you know kid in high school so they wouldn't be influenced by the peer pressure that you see it happening. Yeah. Well, I think one one piece of it is that um, parents have to try to do their best to um, provide an environment where their children won't feel judged or threatened uh, by the idea of bringing information to their parents or asking questions or being able to admit that they've done something wrong. I think one of the places that um, causes problems is when they feel like the punishment is so great for something they did wrong that they withhold information and they start to become secretive. And when you get into a position like that, um, you know, the communication lines are going to break down. Um, like I mentioned, you know, kids are going to end up turning to their friends for support. Mm-hmm. They're not going to ask the questions that they need to ask. Mm-hmm. And they're going to end up in, in the, you know, likely in trouble or uh, poor academic performance, different, you know, warning signs that we end up seeing in school. So I think a, a key piece of it is to try to create an environment where kids are going to feel comfortable coming to their parents and saying, look, I messed up, but I'd really like to talk about this, you know, um, and feel that it's a safe place to do that. Um, the other piece of it, I think, is to stay involved in their lives. Right. So I think it, 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 kids become really busy. They have a lot of expectations at school. There's a lot of pieces of their life that they're trying to manage. Um, and I think, you know, there tends to be sometimes a feeling that once they reach high school, they can be independent and they can start to make their own decisions and 
as parents we can pull back um, a little bit of the support and kind of let them fly, but you have to be careful how much you do that because um, when you start to not stay involved with who their friends are or how much homework they have or what their grades look like or what activities they're involved in after school, you start to lose touch with their lives. And you don't, once you lose that involvement, you really can't speak to, um, you know, some of, the, some of the places and people that they're hanging out with. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 you know, I had spoken, you know, I spoke to, to the um, high school kids um, a couple of years ago, and uh, one of the things that I, I noticed was in common, you know, at their level, you know, they they senior in, in, in high school, and they were all sharing the same thing, which is stress. So stress, you know, we know stress is, is, is the root of everything, right? Um, you know, and and I know for myself, you know, as as an adult, you know, I don't, I can't function with stress. Nobody can function well with stress. So how can we help? You know, I mean, I know we're going to talk about your role as a school psychologist, a little, you know, in, in a little bit more detail. But how can we really try to ease some of that stress and 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 uh, you know, to allow these kids to actually, you know, figure out what is it that they want and give them the tools and support to help them achieve that, and that probably takes us into your role as a school psychologist. What are the, some of the things that you... Uh... Yeah, I think um, one of the places to start is developing realistic expectations because we're in a society right now where uh, we have really high expectations for our kids. We really mm-hmm. want them to go to the best college. We really want them to be successful. We want them to have certain jobs. Um, and it's you know I think a part of that is we're a little bit fearful of what would happen if they don't achieve all those things. But what happens is if we put those expectations on really early, we add more stress to their lives. So they're going to school, they're already feeling stressed out about tests and homework and friendships and all these other pieces. If they come home and they feel like their parents have these unrealistic expectations, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, it creates a sense that no matter where I go, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure and stress involved, and I don't have a place to just relax. So if the expectations are reasonable, and you just let them know that success is success, you know, you're going to just do the best that you can do, and that's what matters. If if the expectation is set on straight A's, GPA of four four you know, it's only going to do more harm than good. If if you allow your child to understand that they just have to give 100% of their effort and whatever that comes out to be as far as a grade, it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to end up reaching your goals one way or another, but you have to be able to, you know, kind of experience the path to get there. Um, I don't think that we do enough of that right now, and as a result, we have a lot of high-anxiety kids in school um, that are, you know, turning to things like substance abuse Mm -hmm. um, and other other ways of dealing with stress that are so much more destructive, um, you know, if they never had those problems to begin with. So well, I think that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's a key piece. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I, I hear you. Was, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, because I was saying, like, you know, but but see, the thing is almost, see, it seems like we should be, you know, talking to the parents more than to the, to, to the, to the students themselves. You know, like, you know, I mean, shifting more to the source versus the, the, the um, what do you call it, versus uh, um, the cause versus the effect. You know, what's the cause of the problem? Yeah. 
you know, and, right. and we're not dealing with that, you know, more um, because, I mean, you don't have control over what goes on in somebody else's home. You have more control because you're a school psychologist, so you deal with it as you see it in the, in, in the school. But I think, you know, the show, that's the reason I, I wanted to have you on because I really hope some of these parents will, will listen to this and, and start implementing some of these things that you're talking about. Start helping your kids you know, release some of that anxiety off them. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's really important, first of all, not to try to live through your child um, like you, you know, you want to do um, what you haven't done yourself. You want your kid to be doing it or just set a high standard because that's what you have done in your life. You are not your child and your child is not you. And, uh, I mean, you know, to try to differentiate this thing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with pushing. I think, you know, it's okay to push but not to push too much that's, the, the, it's going to break, right? The rope eventually will break if you push too hard. Right. Um, right. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, with uh, like uh, some of the preventive, I mean, is there any uh, any preventive uh, um, programs that have been put in place in, in school or what are some of the things that you, you think, you know, is going on on your end um, when you deal with a stu- school, on, with the student on a daily basis? Yeah. yeah. I think that, um, you know, I think it's critical that there's a relationship between parents and school. Um, So it's not necessarily a program, but it's, you know, parents' effort to reach out and say, I want to have a relationship with my child's guidance counselors, or I want to have a relationship with teachers or school psychologists, whoever it may be, um, that, you know, you feel comfortable speaking to. Because when you figure that these school staff members have, you know, about seven hours of contact with your child, they really get to know a lot about their personality, their behavior. Um, they can easily see when things take a turn um, behaviorally, and they can start to identify, oh, you know, something it, it just isn't right this week or it isn't right the past couple of weeks. And having an open relationship with uh, a parent allows them to send an email or place a phone call um, just to report it and to say, you know, why don't we take a look at this together? Um, it's 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 invaluable you know, when parents reach out and make that initial contact and say, you know, I I do want to partner with you. I don't want this to be two separate entities where I see one thing at home, you see one thing at school, and they're two completely different stories. The reality is that it really is one long, continuous story of the day. And most likely, if something is going on at home, we're going to see an effect of that at school. Mm -hmm. If you see something happening at school, you're going to see it at home. So those communication lines have to be open. Um, Another piece is that that's protective uh, in a sense, I think, is um, extracurricular activities. You know, students that tend to be involved with any type of extracurricular activity, maybe at school in terms of a club or a sport or even things outside of school. Um, it could be a religious organization. It could be 4-H. It could be a whole number of things. But um, the involvement of um, adolescents in those activities allows them to connect with peers usually uh, peers that are involved in positive um, behaviors, uh, good, good role models. Um, I, th- I always encourage students to get involved in at least one thing during high school because I think there's a lot of strength uh, in being able to have positive influences at the peer level because we, we, there is a very, very strong influence from parents, but we do want to make sure that they're connecting with uh, peers that um, you know, make a make a positive impact and show them positive direction in school as well. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really key. I mean, I know you work in a blue ribbon school, but you had you were involved at one point. You worked in the alternative education setting with underprivileged kids. Can you you know because yeah. I mean, not everybody's going to hear us right now. Their school, their kids go to blue ribbon school, so that goes broad the you know um, across the board, correct? And so, can you like talk a little bit about you know your experience with working with underprivileged kids? Yeah, yeah. Um... I worked in a setting with uh, teenagers and young adults that came from uh, inner-city settings and were looking for the opportunity to get their GED and get job training. And uh, a lot of these kids were coming from uh, really challenging environments, Mm -hmm. in some cases very abusive, a lot of mental health issues. Um, You know, they had some desire to be successful in life, but... There were so many things that were working against them that, uh, you know, it's very hard to overcome so many obstacles. So my services there, my, my uh, role there was to provide counseling and to try to provide some kind of positive influence in their life to stay true to their goals and to try to work through everything that they had been through prior to reaching that setting. Um, and in some cases it was successful. In other cases, you know, it's kind of like they brought so much baggage with them to mm-hmm. that environment that they couldn't break free. They ended up um, getting themselves in trouble, mostly for behavioral reasons, and, um, you know, they were told that they had to leave, and which is, a, you know, extremely unfortunate, but it, it really speaks to that piece of, you know, um, I hate to say you are where you came from because I do think that you can change your life in a lot of ways, right. but that influence, that influence of, of home and what happens where you grow up can just impact the rest of your life in so many ways. And in this case, it put up so many barriers for these kids to be successful. And, uh, you know, we did our best to try to help support them, but they weren't really familiar with all the coping skills and all the tools that they needed to kind of move their life forward and away from all the emotional, the negative emotional experiences that, that, they, that they had had. So, I mean, in other words, what you're saying, which I, I 100% support, if it, these kids would have spent, you know, all their time with you and other, you know, faculty uh, um, members in, in, in that setting, they will definitely have changed their life because there is no going around, no going back. But then when you, right. you know, we, like, again, it goes back to how much you as a, as a school psychologist or a counselor can do, you know, at the time that you see these kids or the time that you spend and, and, and not, of course, at their home or their environment. And that's why it's so important to create that environment for the people who are listening. You know, I, I just wanted to emphasize, you know, we are talking about our, our, our kids, our fu- the kids who are going to be our future. So it's really important to give them that support and that starts from home. And I know not in every situation and, and, you know, that is possible because of, you know, again, the environment or the background to some of these people, some of these kids are coming from. Um, But uh, uh, we can, you know, and, and, and like you said, we can always change. Change is always available and you can always always change your, yes, every time it's always possible and you can change your life no matter how, you know, what's the background that you came from. It really, because you are not your background. And that's why we need to, you know, also um, inspire these kids. You know, it's, it, it, you are not your environment. You are not your, you know, what, you know, uh, your family or whatever 
situation that you're coming from, you know, you are who you are, and and you gotta decide about, you know, whether you want to move forward in life or you want to go backward because life is moving, and if you stand still, you know, there, there is no, you know, because it's either you're going backward or you're going forward, and right. um, to make that decision. Um, so you know, no, just to, just to add to that really quickly, um, I just wanted to make the point that you know, I think sometimes. Parents don't always realize uh, the power of, like, very simple ways of influencing their kids. I mean, just compliments, you know, mm. at, at any point in in a child's life can have such an amazing impact. I think there's such a heavy emphasis um, on what's going wrong. You know, we look at grades, right. and I fall into this trap sometimes, too, when I'm working with kids. You look over grades, and, and you almost kind of at times look past the good grades, and you look at the one that's low, out of all the rest of the grades, you see the one that's low, and you go, well, why is that grade low? And instead of starting the conversation with, you know, look at all these other wonderful Mm -hmm. grades, you know, and and let's focus on that heavily and focus on that first so that the reinforcement is there and there's a great positive feeling that that child is walking away from that conversation with rather than just, oh, I was doing something wrong and it needs to be fixed. Because if the message is always getting across them that there's always something wrong and there's always something that I have to improve on, it's always giving that message that I'm, I'm not good enough. So you're right. We have to focus on um, the positive relationships. We have to give compliments where they're due. We have to reinforce all the things that are going right in their lives. And we have to also recognize that when things are not going well, we have to look for support. And, um, you know, if if the parents don't feel like they can connect with their kids on the level that they need to, it's not, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. You know, whether that's seeking counseling or seeking Mm -hmm. coaching, um, Mm -hmm. whatever the resource may be, it's really important that you reach out to somebody and say, I I need a little help here to figure out how to connect with my child. And there's nothing wrong with asking for that. Because, I mean, you know, the average person probably doesn't know any better. You know, say, so, well, I don't know. My parents didn't do that, you know, with me. They right. never supported me. They never said anything nice to me. I've never heard the word I love you, you know. I mean, there's, I hear it all the time, you know, where people yep. say, it's like, I'm not used to this because they just right. never had it done in their life. And that's why, right. I mean, if you don't know how, ask and somebody will show you how. But it is necessary. I think it's it's, it's necessary for, for human development to, you know, for these kids to, to move forward. I mean, you know, you talked about, like, some of the kids, um, why they don't achieve? They don't. They don't. You know their their full potential because each one of us has a, you know unlimited potential, right? But why some mm-hmm. of these kids? I mean, you know, they're smart. They every single one of these kids. I don't really think is any like when people say, "Oh, this person is, is stupid." I don't think that even exists. I just think don't know that they are using their full potential. But what's stopping them? I mean, you know, we 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 touched on a lot of issues here. With you know, obviously the peer pressure, the the stress, the the anxiety that they you know that they are uh, um, carrying with them. But what do you what do you see? What's some of the you know underlying? Right. I think that I think that in some ways um there are issues that are left uh uncovered or, or we don't investigate them um closely enough. Um it just in some cases and, and things that I'm talking about are related to things that come across uh in school as a school psychologist when we're thinking about uh learning disabilities or mm-hmm. mental health issues. 
um, you know, different disorders that do come up that in some ways can limit some potential, um, but with the appropriate help, we can actually help kids to uh, deal with some of those limitations and actually um, overcome them in some ways or at least cope with them in other ways. So, um, you know, in, in our role, we do try to have a pulse on what's going on in the school, what kids need help. We have multiple services available, especially on an academic level, to support students um, and make sure that if we feel that they're struggling because there's some kind of limitation or um, some kind of disability involved, we have an ability to locate those students and to evaluate them if it's necessary. Um, we also have services that go before we actually evaluate them for disabilities where uh, school staff members take a look at their work and analyze it and try to take an, get an idea of what assistance they might need from teachers in the classroom. Um, so we have a lot of different levels of academic uh, support where we're trying to identify why a student might struggle and not just blame them. So sometimes we say, oh, well, they're not doing their homework or they're not good test takers. And it's very easy to just say that and then walk away and put all of the emphasis on what the student is not doing. But in certain cases, it is actually true that they can't learn math because there is uh, a wiring in the brain um, neurologically that's preventing them from understanding math. So we have to help them learn it a different way so that they can still be successful. Um, I mentioned the other piece being mental health issues. You know, a lot of times we, we see that there's depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. in some cases trauma. Um, you know, some kids are, are dealing with ADHD issues. And all of these individual cases and individual diagnoses end up meaning that we have to kind of do, do something different with those students to help them be successful and to have the same, uh, the same shot at, at learning that other students have that don't have those disabilities. So we have to put certain things in place to support them on an additional level. Um, sometimes it's an additional teacher in the room. Sometimes it's modifying assignments to help uh, make sure that they understand them. But the core goal is to have every child be capable of, of learning the material and having a chance of being successful when they leave high school. But is it, I mean, but, the, the, you know, recognizing that there's a problem, does it start with the school? Is it like the parents have to be initiated that? Who has to initiate the first move? In order to investigate the problem? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. It actually works from both directions. So okay. uh, the school is is constantly monitoring grades and monitoring the performance of students in the classroom. Uh, when they when teachers see that a student is particularly struggling, uh, the teachers may uh, initiate a conversation with a guidance counselor and with parents about the fact that they want to look into it a little bit more and try to you know kind of diagnose the situation and, and what struggles the student is having. In the same respect. You know, we have a lot of parents who follow their child's education closely, and they're able to pick up on uh, right. when they're, when something goes wrong. You know, when all of a sudden they were a good student up until sixth grade, and then something happened. They really couldn't understand math, or they had trouble reading and understanding what they were reading. So, you know, they may initiate a conversation with the school at that point to say, you know, I'd like some help with understanding this better. Can you help me uh, evaluate this? or um, look for additional help and support from the teachers. So it really can come from, from either side. 
Okay. Well, I know I, I'm. I, you know, I know you you can't stay too long, but I do have a couple of questions I really wanted to ask you to kind of like you know um some of some of these things, and hopefully we can have you back on again. But are gonna. I mean, obviously this has come back to communication, basic communication, right? Whether it's communication between the school and 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 the parents, or communication between a student and you know the school, or vice versa. Um, but you know the organization issues. This is a huge thing with kids. You know, they're all over the place. Um, you know, they have it's they they have hard time staying organized because there's so much things going on as well. What are some of the things that you see it very valuable for them to to you know to start using or or doing to become a little bit more organized so to make their life easier? Uh, I would definitely say structure is okay. a big piece of being organized. Structure and routines. I think that uh, we've again that piece of of allowing kids to kind of um, take their own direction that and and having to monitor that closely. Sometimes we say, okay, well, now it's time for you to kind of figure out your own method. You know, you, you should be probably writing down your assignments, but if you don't do it, you don't do it. You figure out your own way of doing it. And and once the students start to lose a routine or lose the structure of how to get things done. Um, it gets, you see disorganization in their schoolwork, you see assignments not getting turned in, you see poor time management, all these types of things that really uh, teenagers, the, the part of the brain that manages all those uh, pieces of our lives mm-hmm. is still developing during our teenage mm-hmm. years. It's called the, the prefrontal cortex. And and if, if that hasn't developed yet, it's a lot for us to expect them to just be able to handle all that, those responsibilities on their own. So we have to help them develop the structure by showing them multiple methods that they can choose from. So some of the things that we say in school are, you know, you can keep a notebook and you can write your assignments down in your notebook in order to keep track of what you need to do when you get home, or you can record it in your phone. A lot of students like mm-hmm. to use technology, so at the mm-hmm. end of class, they take out their phone and they have a specific application that they can plug their homework into mm-hmm. and look at it later on. We're not no one is against using technology or, or something that's you know, not a not the typical method, but the point is to have some kind of method that will keep you organized and using what works every single day because it's it's great in theory to say it's gonna work today and tomorrow, but right. you really have to use it for all one hundred and eighty days of the school year. So that it becomes just another part of your life. Um, well, you want to be able to get. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say you want to be able to go home every day, know exactly what you need to do, know the date that it's due, be able to find it in your in your backpack, um, put it away in, in the proper place, walk into class the next day and hand it in. And you'd be surprised at how many students struggle with just that process of knowing what to do and turning it in the next day. Um, and it all goes back to just not having a system in place that parents can easily help students set up just by sitting at the kitchen table with them at night and going through their backpack and checking to see how their organization is and where they wrote down their homework and reinforcing that this is what we expect at home. We expect to be able to see a list of your homework assignments and all of your notebooks organized with the papers in them. And once that's an expectation at home, the student doesn't have to it's not a fight, you know. It's not a. It's not that you're trying to start something new. Once things go wrong, it's that you expected that all along. 
you know, it's just a given that that's what my parents want me to do and that's what I'm going to do. You know, I mean, we by repetition, we've learned everything, right? We've learned how to walk, yes. we've learned how to speak, we've learned, you know, and, and this is no different. And I think by creating a system and repeating it over and over, and then, you know, it becomes the way that you'll be doing things and you don't have to, you know, constantly redo that, you know, that the system because it's already put it in your head. It's already embedded in your in your head as a new program. And uh, um, that's about what, you know, would make it a change. And take it into, because that leads us to one last question, and I'll let you um, off to your next appointment. Um, yep. You know, you, you talked about, you know, the schools, not, I guess, you know, using technology because the kids, this is how you communicate with them because, you know, everything is technology. But I think it's overkill with technology, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's really important, and please, you know, I, I need your feedback on this. You know, that these kids realize, like I always mention to my kid, you know, I said to, you know, to him, I said, make sure you can live with the consequences of your action. Whatever it is that you're doing, you can, you know, look back and say, oh, you know, I have nothing to worry about. And I think these kids are exposing themselves way too much on social media. I think it's it's becoming, um, you know, a territory that needs to be managed. Uh, and and right. it seems like there is no control over it, and these kids do not realize the importance uh, of what they do and now can affect their future. Because a lot of employers now they look at your your social media to see what kind of things you post, what kind of photos you post, what kind of things you do. You know, if you look into you know, if you want to, uh, I, I guess the way I look at it, if you want your future to be clean, you might as well work on out what you're doing right now. Um, and 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 what do you what do you thoughts about that? I think it's going going crazy <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you 100%. I think that social media has developed much more quickly than we can catch up with. Um, I right. think the adults are are having a harder time, even though some adults are are using it. Um, we're not as familiar with how to treat kids that are using it and how to try to manage that part of their life. I think that's another um, aspect that they are trying to gain independence with. So as long as they have an account and a password, you're locked out, you know, and and you would have to struggle to try to get into their Facebook account if they don't, you know, link you to their Facebook mm-hmm. account or you'd have trouble knowing what, uh, they're text messaging to their friends and their phone every minute of the day unless you get access to their phone records. Um, so, again, I think that you being involved early and, and creating certain rules and guidelines in the house of this is what's going to happen and this is how we treat this in our home, like computer time is going to possibly be limited, limited and I need to be... Uh, either need access to your Facebook or whatever social media it is. I need access to that account so I can see what you're doing on there and know that you're not um, acting dangerously or I need to have some other way of monitoring this and just letting them know that that's the only way that you're going to be able to participate. Um, As far as the phone bill, you know, I've heard parents that um, make sure that, you know, if they're paying the bill, they have access to reading text messages or, um, you know, taking phone privileges away if they're not using their phone properly. I think that you have to get ahead of it by letting kids know that it's not just going to be free reign for them to do whatever they want on it because um, it can not only take them to dangerous places, but the other piece of it is that 
they are relying on it so heavily that they're not getting the experience of socializing appropriately. Mm-hmm. We all grew, we all grew up, you know, playing outside right. in the backyard right. and right. getting to interact with kids. These kids are are, you know, pretending to be friends online to some degree and thinking that they have 300 friends because they're all linked together through social media. But the reality is that's that's not at all a real gauge on who a friend really is. That's um, the key. So our, our, our kids are really losing a sense of who is a friend and how do I trust somebody if, as long as they say that they're my friend and they're behind a screen that somehow that makes them somebody that I'm, you know, going to be connected to. It's It's a very... You know, it's a different world that they live in, and we have to try to become as familiar with it as possible um, so that we can also speak their language. We don't want them turning to us and saying, well, you just don't understand. You know, you right. want to say, yes, I, I do understand, and, you know, I'm I'm okay with this level of interaction. But I do have to draw a line somewhere so that you don't just think that the people you have uh, connections to online are really your core group of, of friends for life. Right. Well, I mean, one of the things that I also, I mean, I totally agree with everything you said, but I think as a parent, one of the things, I mean, that's one of my strategy. I don't know if this is something that you, you know, you agree with or not. But I mean, first of all, you know, you you got to have a, um, a Q&A sort of. Why do you think this is so important to you? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. do you feel more comfortable being behind the, the, the scene, you know, and not in, in front of somebody because you feel that like you have more power that way? Or what, what is it that you're afraid of? Why don't you want, like, that interaction? Why is, it, why, is it so, why is it so important for you to have that many friends on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever, followers? You know, what, what's the reason behind it? And I think that let them, by asking them these questions, they, they start talking about things that matter to them. Mm-hmm. Instead, right. I mean, because I mean, to me, yes, I will want to monitor this, and I want to have control and password, and tell me this and tell that. But I don't think it's always necessarily the right solution. It's just because they can still do this behind your back, and you can still find a way, you know, to do certain things. I mean, I I just heard a story with a friend we were having uh, dinner the other night, and she said that her friend um, borrowed her phone to, you know, because he had forgot his phone or something like that, and he had used her phone to text somebody. And that person who he texted didn't know that was her phone and text back something was nasty or whatever, and she freaked out. And so what I'm just saying, I mean, you know, if they can use other people's phone. They can use other things. You know what I mean? If they want to hide something, they can hide it. So that's why I was yeah. saying if you bring it out to the surface, you can deal with it better. I think it's better than trying to be in control in a blind way, you know, because, you know, sometimes we try to just want to be in control as a parent, but we're really not in control because these kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. And, uh, you know, I mean, I use social media. I use it for business. It's a great way to interact with people that you cannot reach face-to-face. It's a great tool. Mm -hmm. It's just a tool. And that's what differentiates it. It's just a tool to keep connected with certain people that you – they are a distant away or whatever it is that's going to like bring you back together or, you know, get you in touch with each other. Um, Dr. Porter, uh, you know, I mean, I could really, you know, I mean, just give us like something to, to take uh, to take from, from this interview. And I would love to have you back again, how to motivate them, how to keep them focused, you know, how to focus on, on, on the future of these kids and how, you know, how do we uh, help them? How do we help our teens stay focused? Well, I think that, um, you know, oh, after everything that we've covered, one of the things that's definitely come up 
repeatedly is involvement mm-hmm. um, and and having open conversations, open communication. And I think we we tend to use the word communication a lot when it when we discuss relationships, whether they mm-hmm. be you know marriage or friendships mm-hmm. or relationships between parents and children. Um, but it, it can't really be stated enough because our kids are really looking for help, even during teenage years when we think that they're uh, rebellious and they don't want anything to do with us. Uh, it's not entirely true. You know, they're they're looking for guidance. They're looking for leadership. Um, and they recognize that their friends aren't the answer to everything. So, you know, having parents that, that take some interest in their lives, whether it be their academic life, um, you know, their extracurricular life, um, just having a relationship where you can spend time together and have it be valuable. Um, again, those positive pieces of trying to give compliments and build self-esteem through the family and not just looking towards uh, peers to, to gain self-confidence. All these different pieces um, play such a critical role in development. And really what we're trying to do is um, reinforce their self-image so that they can go into the world confidently and have some kind of sense of purpose and some kind of belief that they really can achieve their goals. You know, if they hear negative messages throughout their lives um, or they only fo- have fo- focus on what is not going uh, well in their life, that's what they're going to focus on, um, and that's going to become their story. So if we want them uh, to create a positive story and um, to achieve their potential, we have to play every possible role that we can uh, to reinforce that and let them know that we're there to support them every step of the way. That is beautifully said. Thank you so much for being my guest and being such a wonderful guest. You know, I mean, you know, there's so much that we can we can share with with everybody else. But I just wanted to tell our listeners that this show will be archived, so you can uh, uh, listen to it again. You can download it on iTunes for a free download in the podcast section. And, uh, you know, if you are a parent, have your kids listen to it. If you're a student who listening to this this podcast, have your parents listen to it. I mean, I think Dr. Porter had mentioned a lot of great points here. And if you need help, ask for it. And if you don't know how, ask how, you know, because, you know, I mean, we were not born to know everything. And I, I continue even say that to my on my own personal level. You know, I learn something new every day. I've learned something new from you now, Dr. Porter, and I do appreciate you sharing some of these insights with me as well. You know, I think, you know, uh, it, we can all use some help, you know. So don't don't think, you know, um, you you know it all because <laughs> I don't think exactly. any of us know it all. We don't know it all. And, and, and everything is possible, and change can happen if we allow it to happen, and uh, the possibilities are endless. Dr. Porter, Great to have you as a guest. Thank you so much, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me. I I greatly appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. You take care now. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. It was so great to have Dr. Porter on the show today, and uh, thanks for having me as a guest speaker at the school, speaking to the seniors and talking about their career and uh, helping them in that sense. And I do a lot of public speaking for other schools. And if you like to uh, uh, book me for a speaking engagement, uh, please make sure you contact me at yourlifenow.info. And of course, stay tuned for our information. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.
If you'd like to know more about me and how I can help you and be in service to you, please visit my website at www.yourlifenow.info. Again, that's yourlifenow.info. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.